That's right. Just like Kanye West says, Alabama champions once again. Number 16 coming back to Tuscaloosa. Patrick and I will cover everything from that game. Plus, what does this mean for Alabama's legacy, Nick Saban's legacy? We'll go from there. This is the last episode of Season 1, Episode 17, coming your way. Well, hello everyone. Order has finally been restored to the galaxy. It's been a long two years, but number 16 is back in Alabama's hands. National champions, once again, you're listening to Pat's Interference. I'm Patrick Brickman. And I'm Patrick Norwood. Big roll tide, everyone. Patrick, we called it. Patrick, we The biggest it. of roll tides. We, we called it. We called it. Pat's Interference told you first week, first episode. Alabama will make the national championship game. They did. We won. Patrick, it feels so, so good. Feels so good. I can't so believe good. that the first year we did our podcast, Alabama wins. What do you mean you can't believe it? Patrick, we're winners. I... Of course we won the national championship <laughs> before we started this podcast. Everyone, thank no, but you. Think about so... the cra- listen, think about the crazy season we just had. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's been wild. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, for, those of us, for those of you who don't know, maybe new. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Pat's Interference. That's P-A-T apostrophe S Interference. You can find us on Twitter at P-I underscore podcast or go to our website at patsinterference.com. Also, all of our episodes are on iTunes. Uh, we're wrapping up season one. We, we're wrapping up season one, Patrick. I, I put, by the way, I put a blog post, uh, just a little season review piece um, on the blog. Patrick helped sort of edit with me and everything. Uh, but it, it really was kind of just my feelings towards the team. You're going to hear a whole bunch about that this episode, so I don't want to get too far into it. But if you're interested in more of like a long-form media, uh, that is there for you. As Patrick, good. Not going to lie. You did a good job thank with you, that. Thank um, you. Yeah, no, it's just uh, it, you know it's something I felt passionate about, and I had the time to do it, so I just sat down and wrote it. Patrick, as you mentioned, this is the end of Season 1. This episode marks the end of Season 1. We're going to take a one-week yeah. break. Uh, sort of have to start getting a little bit different too. Yeah, sort of circle the wagons, sort of get our stuff together. We're going to get into that a little bit more this episode and what season two of Pat's Interference will look like. Uh, and then season three will bring back Alabama football. Patrick, so excited to get this episode going with you. The national championship was arguably the best game I've ever seen. It was one of the best games of the year. It, it absolutely was. I think it lived up. Regardless of the game or the team. You know, it was I, I think we were, we were talking game. last week about how bad the bowl season was and how it really hasn't lived up to expectations. Patrick, this kind of erases that, you know? I mean, this national championship game, I mean, when people think about this bowl season, they're not going to think about the blowouts. I think they're going to start thinking about this Alabama-Clemson game that provided so much excitement. I mean, 85 points, Patrick. I, I didn't think it was going to happen, but you knew that from our from our predictions. I think I said 28-16, you had a low, in, low scoring game. Yeah, I, a lot of people did. Yeah. But yeah. I guess that's what happens when you got two teams that are all on the line. They've been game planning for each other, and then the game just kind of started fast. And it, it, it was it was the teams blowing punches. Uh, but I want to hear your thoughts first before we get into what I have to say. What were your thoughts on the game? You know, it's, it's funny, Patrick. We were talking – uh, last week about how great this defense was, um, and still still is, and I, I'm gonna still is, I'm gonna yeah, get don't into say that. Was. <laughs> uh, Deshaun Watson, I, I I've got to give him his credit first. Is one of the better quarterbacks I've ever seen play football against Alabama. I mean, just you know, uh, I agree with you there, one hundred percent. I texted you during the game, and I, I just I, I kept saying I've seen this game before, I've seen this game before, and I don't like the way it ends because it was this quarterback that was. Oh, okay. Everybody's covered. All right. Well, then I'm just going to scramble for 12 yards and, you know, just these soul sucking plays that weren't necessarily huge plays. But Patrick, Alabama's defense gave up three, or excuse me, 550 yards. I mean, that's unbelievable. Uh, Watson reminded me of Vince Young scrambling around in 2005, ooh, and USC ooh, just couldn't call. stop him. Good call. Now, yeah. Luckily, we were able to, to, to weather that storm. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, just like, I mean, I remember watching that game in 2005, and you were just like, Oh my good! Every play, if you knew that Vince Young needed eight yards, yeah, he was gonna run was around gonna in the pocket until he got eight yards. Yeah, he was, and it was, he was just that gonna, kind of game from Watson. Exactly, he was either gonna dump it underneath to one of his tight ends, or he was gonna scramble for it. And that's exactly what Deshaun Watson did. They were killing Alabama all night with those little seam routes. But although Patrick Alabama gives up 550 yards, I still rank this as a great game for this defense because in national championship games, 
It's yeah, not you gotta about look closer. Stats. You got to look closer than just the stats. Yeah, it's, it's not about stats. It's about when it came down to it, how did they play? And when it came down to it, Alabama's defense was locked down. Ryan Anderson, uh, Rashad Evans, um, you know, uh, Jonathan Allen, the entire front seven, Patrick, when they needed to be locked down, was locked down. Uh, Reuben Foster was sort of tag-teaming this role with Reggie Ragland of the quarterback spy the entire game. It was it left a little bit to be desired, but I don't know if it was really Alabama's fault as much as it was Deshaun Watson being that good. Uh, and then the last thing I want to mention about the defense, Patrick, uh, for right now at least, is Eddie Jackson's interception was huge, so big, so big in this game. What a momentum shift! What a game changer, Patrick. If Clemson goes down and scores on that drive, we're looking at a totally different ball game. I mean, completely different because that was close to the end of the first half. I, if my memory serves me correctly. Now, I haven't actually even gone back and watched the full game. Uh, I've been saving that for a rainy day, which it's actually raining outside. Yeah, but right, right. Well, huge, yeah, huge play. It was. It, it reminded me of Cyrus was, Jones' interception against Michigan State. Yeah, huge. You know? Um, so, Alabama's defense putting just the perfect finger roll off the glass kiss to seal it at the end. Um you know, I, I just – I'm so proud of this defense, Patrick. You know, we're, we're going to talk about their legacy a little bit later on, but I just want to touch on it right now. Just the way this defense shut down opponents this year, not necessarily – like we've been talking about, not necessarily all the time, but when they need to most, this defense could step up and get it done. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, every t- – I mean, they didn't let us down. The defense in not even one game let us down. Absolutely not. Clemson was yeah. probably the biggest game where they let us down, which they didn't. But that was the game where when we needed them to get a couple stops, they gave up touchdowns. Yeah. They didn't let us down against Ole Miss. And then the other games didn't even come close. No, no, not at all. Not at all. So, Patrick, I've covered the defense. What did you see from the offensive side of the ball? Oh, before I even jump to the offense and before we even get into all the rest – just my thoughts on the game when I went back and I was reflecting on it. This game is going to. I've always said for the last couple of years, the 2012, sorry, yeah, 2012 Alabama LSU game where Yeldon took in the screen pass. That was my favorite game. Yeah. This has surpassed it. Wow. And not just because it was a national championship, because we played in other ones of those, but because of the way the players came together. This game. Yeah. We just mentioned Eddie Jackson. Uh, that game was Eddie Jackson's finest hour. This game was O.J. Howard's finest hour. This game was uh, Jacob Coker's finest hour. This game was absolutely, and this is insane for the kind of career he's had, but this game was Nick Saban's finest hour. And we'll get into that, but I just, I had to throw that out. So many players, just yeah. so yeah, lots of many stars players making. Our Darius Stewart, he's had better touchdowns. Adam Griffith. The, the way he came through, Adam Griffith just hitting the field goal with, when the pre- when the going got tough, well, the not team even came the field together goal, Patrick, and they the, responded every time. The onside every time. kick? I mean, it looks it looks like a science project. It looked like I it was, I can't wait to talk about that in a minute. Unbelievable. And we, we're anyway, mention go that into it. Yeah, go around. go into the offense, if you will. Offense, it was it was tricky because like there were times where we were talking, but we didn't think the offense looked great. Um, I remember that Coker threw uh, a bad throw on a third down. I got really mad, but despite all that, they were nine of eighteen on third down, which meant when they needed to make a play half the time they were making a play and they found themselves in a lot of, and we've seen this as a, as a thing this year, especially in the first half and especially in the first half of the season, the team was having third and eights, third and thirteens, a lot of long third downs, a lot of negative plays until the second half. The big plays are really what saved the offense because the medium and, and short plays, they weren't really there most of the night. Henry 36 rushes, 158 yards, three touchdowns. It's ridiculous. I've heard a few people, like, knocking him on this game. Dude, he had 158 yards and three touchdowns at the national championship, including the one that set the game up with the 51-yarder. Yeah. Coker, 16 of 25, 335 yards and two touchdowns. No picks. D- did he not – did he rest at six picks on the year? Be, if you, While I'm talking, look that up. I, I will, I, look, I up. I will look up. I will look that up. I, I think I was I think going he had so eight. hard on him for having too many picks this year. I, I think he had eight. Uh, either eight. way. I know it was an even number. Even number, but that he didn't throw a pick in either of the playoff games. He hasn't thrown a pick in the SEC championship. He didn't throw one against Auburn. He has been as good as you could have hoped from him. Howard, what more can you say about Howard? We have – you thought we hated Griffith this year and hated on Griffith oh and gosh. Kiffin. Off – off the set, off the headsets, there's not been a player that we've hated on harder 
than O.J. Howard. Yeah. He had 208 yards on only five catches and two huge touchdowns. And not huge just touchdown. the touchdowns, but he also had um, after the on. Uh, was it after the onset? He had another long run. Yeah. It was the one that set up our final. Oh, it was score. just. It Never was mind. just a. Pa- it was a pass out in the flat, and he just took off and left everyone. Patrick. Oh, and 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 um, uh, I left out Kenyon Drake. Absolutely, Kenyon Drake's finest out. Mm-hmm. With the, with the kickoff return. Absolutely. There's just too many things that happened to this game that it's hard to bring them ball all back to mind. But it was it was just a crazy game. Each I mean, so many players had key plays. Yeah. I, I've been rambling, but I mean No, no, I mean it was like a story. You could you could make a movie about this game. Yeah. You could make a, you Absolutely. could write a novel about this game. Absolutely. Each little punch thrown was crazy. Go back I'm going back to you now. Well, you know, you you mentioned how hard we were on O. J. Howard. Um you know <laughs> Patrick, I, I, I don't even know where to begin with how hard we were on Adam Griffith. I mean, with O.J. Howard, I think it was more we were just disappointed because of how good he was supposed to be. We hated Adam Griffith because he was just bad. We just thought he was just bad um, from the get-go, Patrick. And, you know, I don't know if that's unfair of us to say or whatever. But, but I haven't said one good thing about O.J. Howard this year. Right. Not one. But Patrick, I, I came back around on Griffith. O.J. Howard, I have been – not happy with for two years i have not seen someone i I don't know if you could (laughs) i'm trying to think of the right words to say the onside kick was unlike any onside kick i've ever seen and if you go through sb nation has a great article i'll try and post it later tonight if i can remember sb nation has a great article on why that onside kick worked and why alabama's uh coordinators and special teams coaches are better than anyone's in the country because the, it was one of the best articles I've read about football and like the in, intricateness of football yeah. in a long time. One of my, my favorite quote in that, Patrick, was that Adam Griffith said he walked over to Saban. Saban just looked at him and nodded and said, OK, let's do it. Uh, yeah, the play didn't have a name. They didn't. They, they didn't don't name call it. Like, they didn't. Yeah, no, it was just let's do it. It's just and it was let's do the play pinpoint accuracy. Marlon Humphrey, I'm sure everyone's heard this story, but Marlon Humphrey apparently could not catch the ball. Uh, when they practiced this. I don't know if you heard this, Patrick. He was so underprepared at catching the ball. Uh, he couldn't focus. He couldn't flip his hands around. They said he kept trying to catch it like a pass instead of catching it, you know, like a basket catch, like a, um, you know, over-the-shoulder pass. He was kind of catching it like, yeah. you know, an out route or something. And, uh, you know, it was just – it was beautifully placed. Davo Sweeney loses his mind on the sideline. I don't – But he was grasping for straws. I, he I, was trying yeah, to get I, anything I really don't anything. think he had an argument on anything, and I think he knew it. I think he was just so frustrated that he was just taking it out on others. But Adam Griffith, what a amazing way. What an amazing way to end your career at Alabama. Uh, or did oh, he have one more absolutely. year? He, I think he has one more if he decides to stay for it. I mean, you know, it, but either way, either way, Patrick, that is that's a hero moment. That is a hero moment. Um, well, he's not going to – I don't think he's going to anymore be remembered for as the guy that kicked the kick six field goal or missed yeah. all the field and goals I at the beginning that in the of the block. season. Or, I are in the block. In the blog, uh, you know, I, I said <laughs> Adam Griffin. This, oh, this ends the Bama kicking woes argument. I am – it's done. Yeah. It's done. Well, he's now, been he's on, been he He's been on point this year. Patrick, he missed like a what, 35, 37-yarder to start the game? Forgiven. I don't care. He hit another one. He did. He did. I mean, kickers miss every now and then. Yeah. It's just. It was just. It was perfect. It was perfect. So he's Patrick, not Blair Walsh. I'll tell you, he's not Blair Walsh. <laughs> oh, too soon. Yeah, I went there. Poor, sorry. Poor My dad's Blair. a huge Vikings fan. If he listens, I'm oh, sorry, but. Oh man, I don't feel good about that. Poor Blair. He kicked the laces, man. Why you gotta be mean about it? Anyway, Patrick, best performance of the night. You've got this award. You can give it to anyone. You can give the game ball to anybody. Who had the best performance in the national championship game? I'm giving my my game ball, and he would throw it right back in my face, but I'm giving my game ball to Coach Saban. Yeah. The way he corralled the team, that, that was his leadership. At the end of the day, it was his leadership as they kept – There, honestly, there were at least tw- two times in the game, two, like, moments, two, like, periods where I thought, uh, Alabama, I don't think Alabama's going to win. In my heart of hearts, I was like, if you would ask me to bet money on the game at that moment – I thought we were going to lose. Not that I didn't believe in the team, but if I was completely being unbiased, I was like, I think Clemson's going to win. Obviously, my Bama heart in me was saying, I think Alabama's going to win. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And then and then the calls at the end, 
opening up the playbook to O.J. Howard. I know that's a lot of Kiffin, but it's a lot of Saban showing faith in him to keep him out there. For sure. And, of course, the onside kick is one of the most legendary calls. It, it will go down as one of the legendary play calls in college football history. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> It was it was gutsy, man. I mean, it, it takes it takes a really gutsy decision. And I think he knew if we could score after that, he knew that we were going to win. Uh, you see, you saw the way he smirked after it happened. It's just it was it was masterful, Patrick. And I, I don't know. We're going to talk about his legacy later. I don't know how you can at least put him in the conversation of greatest coaches of all time. Uh, every time he does something like that, I can think of one time he's called a fake. A special teams player, an onside kick or something where it didn't work out when it really should have. And that was uh, the 2009 National Championship against Texas. Alabama's first drive stalls. Uh, we tried a fake punt pass. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, you're you right. You remember that? To Dre Kirkpatrick. Yeah. And Dre Kirkpatrick dropped it. And I think that was one of the few times I ever thought, Saban, what are you doing? Um, and after that, I forgot all about that. Yeah, that's digging way back in the memory bank. But that happened. You know, that was that was a really really big play in that game. But after that, Patrick, I'm I, I'm really having a tough time thinking of a special teams play that Saban has called, uh, especially that has not worked out. Another great one was uh, Arkansas 2011 in Brian Denny Stadium. That one I remember. AJ McCarron's the holder, and all of a sudden runs up behind center to take the snap and throws this beautiful pass to Michael Williams in the end zone. Anyway. My game ball, Patrick, and this is going to be kind of – people are going to kind of say, what? How are you giving it to this guy? Jake Coker. I'm sorry, man, but you talk about a guy who is day and night different from the first game of the season to this game. Uh, yeah, the way he's the he, way he's come to get – He didn't to, play Patrick particularly well in this game. I mean, he played fine, and he did what he had to do. But in the moments – it was like the defense like we were talking about earlier. In the moments we needed him to step up and be great – he stepped up, and he was great, and that's what champions do. What about his scramble on that third down right before exactly we sealed it with the what final touchdown? That's my mind. That's the play that I will remember. And, you know, I branded him earlier this year as Mad Max. He's the road warrior. He, you know, he's at home, and he's like, oh, well, yeah, this is great. This is fine. He gets on the road, Patrick. You can't stop the guy. You he was pissed, too, at the time because him. the the team they had to call timeout yeah. because the team didn't know what they were. He was pissed. He was that furious. reminded me of – the national championship when AJ McCarron got mad at uh, Barrett Jones. Yeah. To have the quarterback still be that pissed when the game is in hand. Yeah. Uh, and you know, juking out a probable first round draft pick and then diving for the first down, you could see, you know, and one of my favorite parts of the game, Patrick was honestly, uh, he takes the victory snap, takes the knee, turns around and falls. I mean, just falls flat on his face. You could tell that I think it was just every emotion he had ever felt this season kind of yeah. just came out you know and kind of just you know it, it's just oh it's just this relief it's over it's done i did it you know and it was so cool to hear him talk about how when he was a kid he used to his dream was playing quarterback at alabama and now jake coker i know you're listening uh you've done it you've gotten your ring i didn't believe in you at the beginning of the season uh, blake sims did not teach me what I thought he had. And that was to believe in people that the coaching staff believes in. I apologize to you sincerely. Wow. Yeah. You were going to go down as one of my favorite Alabama quarterbacks, not because of how good you were, but because of the heart you showed. And I think you embody what an Alabama quarterback should be. And that's a good leader and someone who comes through in the clutch when you need him to. Uh, Beautifully said. I love that. He, okay. He's very, very clutch. Uh, play of the game, Patrick. Beside, let's and let's go ahead and say besides the onside kick. Can we do that? Sure, sure. That yeah, because I, I think that's our mutual play of the game. Uh, Everyone's play of the game was the onside kick. That's the one that's been discussed ad nauseum since the game ended. Yeah. My other play of the game is one that I think, yeah, hear me out. Equally important, honestly, equally important. Okay. And that was a third and twelve. I think it was third and twelve. Third and long. Um, Coker was under pressure. And he just – he wasn't going to be sacked. He yep. just chunked it off his back foot. Yep. And our Darius Stewart made a catch – a basket catch over two dudes on the sideline for a first down, 30-something yeah. yard pass. Yeah. And we score on that drive. We score on that drive. If that if – he, if he drops that pass, if Coker takes the sack, if the throw isn't exactly where it needed to be, that is fourth down. We give the ball back to Clemson, and they could have gone up two scores there. Yeah. Yeah, it was – Huge. It was extremely big. Um, gosh, yeah, that that's such a 
monumental play in that game, Patrick. You're right. You're right. Um, you know, I, I don't know what it is. And it wasn't – I don't know. I think it kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. Um, and it was kind of late, and Alabama had already kind of had it in hand. But my play of the game is Deshaun Watson gets outside of the pocket. He's rolling out. And all of a sudden, this I, – I thought it was Reuben Foster for the way he was flying down the field. I think it ended up being Rashad Evans. Uh, it was Evans. Came flying in, got his shoulder right on Deshaun Watson's thigh, and took him down behind the yard – behind the line of scrimmage for like a four yard loss. And you could tell when Deshaun Watson got up that the passion and the fire that he had at the beginning of the game, it kind of left his eyes. Um, he really didn't. I don't think he was really mentally there anymore. I think after that play, cause that was a really big third down play. I think yeah. after that play, he kind of realized, okay, I don't know if we can do this or not. Um, you know, and it's just, it's plays like that, that I'm going to remember this team for Patrick. Um, you know, just my dad always used to text me. He texted me the other night too, during the national championship, I was at a buddy's house and I looked down at my phone and of course you're blowing up my phone. Cause you know, you're my best friend in the whole world. Why wouldn't you? Um, and my dad had texted me and he said, okay, it's time for another Anaconda drive. And he's been texting me that all season long, the Tennessee game. He texted me that the Auburn game. He texted me that and what he means by that is that it's time for a drive that just sucks the soul out of our opponents to the point where they don't think they can win. Uh, and it's like an anaconda just crushing its opponent slowly. Like a Dementor. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We're branching hey, out. To watch all... out for the Harry Potter podcast in season two, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely going to happen. Uh, but no, I mean, it's just, it was, it's, it, that was an anaconda play to me. It was just the fact that, it, it, like I said, it wasn't, you know, Alabama had pretty much already had the game in hand. I didn't think we were going to lose it at that point. But that was an anaconda play to me. To the point where it was just like, okay, this is when when is when is the final whistle going to blow? Because we're just not going to come back and beat these guys. We just can't. Um, so that was my play of the game. Uh, Patrick, final thoughts from the game. Anything else that we didn't cover that you want to cover? Um, anything that you want to go into right quick about the national championship game itself? No, just hats off to the guys. And um, there are a lot of there are a lot of people that did not believe that Alabama would be there. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of people that wrote us off. There were a lot of people that said the dynasty's dead. And the, our favorite Facebook status said the dynasty is dead. Welcome to the empire. Welcome to Just the empire. hats yes. off to the team. Hats off yeah. to the team. Speaking of the team, let's, let's talk a little bit about legacies. I mean, that's, that, I think yeah, that's fitting just, after your team right the quick, national championship. Just right quick, Patrick. There's something I do want to mention. Um, yeah. That was Nick Knight, by the way, a Facebook friend of mine who said the Empire quote. I loved it. I loved that quote. I thought that was so clever. Uh, I don't know where he got it from or if he made it up, but I want to give him his credit. That was Nick Knight, a really, really nice dude. He was a classmate of mine. Um, The other thing I want to go into, Patrick, just 30 seconds about this. You and I have talked about this many times this season. Uh, A lot of guys on the team wore armbands the other night, just sweatbands like they normally do, that said, uh, rest in peace, 28. Um, obviously that's an homage to, uh, Alti Tenpenny, um, who passed away earlier this year was an ex, was a former Thai player who had been, uh, removed from the team, um, and later got in a fatal car accident. I think that was right before the Tennessee game. Um, there's a great piece from ESPN that Tom Rinaldi did called Fly High Alti. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, if you want to see the passion and the sort of brotherhood that he and Derrick Henry, and Alvin Kamara and Kenyon Drake and all those guys had. Um, that's a great place to go see that. So I just wanted to mention that. I know that the team really dedicated this season to him uh, and his honor, so I'm glad that they were able to get it done. Uh, Patrick, let's move on. Like you were saying before I rudely interrupted you, the legacy of this team, uh, I want to go into that, and then I'm going to ask you uh, your thoughts on it, and then I want you to go into Saban a little bit. But Patrick, for me, and like I said, I know I've teased it a bunch, but if you go in uh, to patsinterference.com and you look at the blog post that I wrote, that's kind of my feelings on the team. That's my you know season review. Um, but I'll give you a little spiel of it right now. I didn't think after the 2009 championship happened, Patrick, I didn't think I was going to watch another Alabama team win a championship and fall in love with the team so much. Uh, and 2011 and 2012, I, those teams were astounding to watch play football. 
Uh, even the games they lost, they looked so powerful, so good. They overmatched their opponents. The defense looked like that this year in many, many games, sure. But the offense didn't. I, 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 there's no other way to put it, Patrick. The offense did not look overpowering in a single game this season, but they still got it done every single game. And there's something to say. There's just the thing that I'm going to say about this team. This is my second favorite team of all time. I don't know if anything will ever top 2009 just because that was the first championship in my lifetime. Um, and there's nothing like, you know, the first championship you see. There's nothing like that team. I could probably name all 22 starters on that team. Uh, this team, however, had so many more characters. I mean, you, you look at Cyrus Jones and Eddie Jackson, two guys with huge chips on their shoulders. You look at guys like a guy that we rip on all the time, Patrick Lane Kiffin, who got this beautiful redemption because the last time he was in Phoenix, he got fired you look at kirby smart this is him taking a bow at his tenure at the university of alabama and sort of just closing this chapter in his book it's just such a fitting way to end you look at jake coker who nobody believed in and then he he comes through in the clutch and he makes all these big plays when he needs to and he wins a championship it's the characters patrick you look at derrick henry the heisman winner who constantly professes his faith and his family and his teammates and, you know, just working hard and just telling people that if you believe in something, you can do it. It's these characters, Patrick, that when the final whistle blew and I I turned the TV off, I was sad because I didn't want this season to be over. I still want to see more from these characters. It's like when I finished Lord of the Rings for the first time or The Hobbit for the first time. I didn't want to shut the book because I didn't want this story to die. Um... That's what I'll take away from this team. I think that's what this team's legacy is, are the characters. Um, It was such a great, great season. And I'm so glad that we were able to do this podcast and talk about it every week and uh, do all these fun things. Um, I'm never going to forget this season. I'm never going to forget any season, but especially this one. Uh, This one is really, really up there for me. My favorite teams right now, 1A is 2009, 1B is 2015 uh they're just they're so neck and neck but this team the characters were just really fun to watch patrick what did you think this team's legacy uh, or what do you think it will be from here on out this is the team that kind of put all the talk aside um when we won in 2009 it was different florida was the team and alabama hadn't had the coming out party there was no such thing as alabama fatigue at the time uh, nobody talked about SEC bias at the time. Nobody wanted Alabama to lose every game as much as they do now. It was different. They had a good 2008 season, but it wasn't expected to just keep continuing. So when they won in 2009, it was, oh, well, this is kind of a cool change. You know, Alabama wins, good national championship. Can't look, can't wait till next year. 2011. You know, okay, some people didn't think we deserved to be there, but we won and we kicked butt. Uh, Two out of three, okay. Mm -hmm. 2013, sorry, 2012 was, all right, Alabama, it's time to give someone else a turn. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, we just steamrolled. And and I don't know when it started, but there is a such thing as Alabama fatigue, where the whole world that isn't an Alabama fan and doesn't care for Alabama – wants to see us lose, wants to see the dynasty, and wants it to be anyone else but Bama. Um, I guarantee you there are Michigan fans that would rather see Ohio State win than Alabama at this point. Maybe okay, maybe Ohio State would. I don't know. They're, I know what you mean. Alabama fatigue is a real thing. Yeah. So everybody was looking for us to be done, and it looked very evident after Ole Miss. And the team just uh, kept working hard. They wanted to redeem themselves not from Ole Miss – but from the previous year, this was a team of redemption, if you ask me. That's what's going to stick to me is the fact that they were down and out for the count, and everybody wanted it to be that way. And it, despite better judgment, expected it to be that way. Yeah. And then each week it was – and then, you know, we're going to get into our favorite moments of the year, which is going to kind of help lead into this. But that's my lasting impression of the team. Yeah. Yeah. The one that overcame more adversity than the other Alabama team so far. What about Saban, Patrick? 
What is Saban's legacy after this game? We touched on it a little bit last week. You put him in the upper echelon of Alabama coaches of all. Time. No, I put him as the best. You put, I him, put him as as the number. I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't hide any punches when I said that. I said if Nick Saban wins, maybe even if he doesn't, but especially if he does win, he's in my mind the greatest coach of all time, and that's better than Bear Bryant. That's better than Bobby Bowden. That's better than Paterno. That's better than Tommy Frazier, or that Tommy Frazier won a coach, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's yeah. He's. He's number one in my mind. And I said why. I gave the reasons last week as to why. And that was, you know, really because he's won four now at Alabama. Five overall. He won one at another school, people sometimes forget. Well, yeah. And yeah, I, I, think... I mean, he built up two programs. He's built up two programs, one at both of them. But there hasn't been a player at Alabama that has stayed for their three years, you know, recruited, started as a freshman and stayed there three years, that hasn't won a national championship. Yeah. And this isn't, this isn't you know – Miami of the the 80s and this isn't uh, Oklahoma of the 70s this isn't that era because it's so much harder to dominate today yeah the parody is so much different it, it is much less shocking if um if a team like Iowa ends up battling for you know winning playing in games that could mean national championships it's a lot less shocking if a team like I'm gonna just say I'm not gonna slight any team but it's a lot less shocking if a team like NC State beats a top team yeah you know, yeah, it's, it's a well, lot because the parity is different. It's why teams don't want to schedule teams like you know UCF or yeah. something anymore because they don't want to lose to those cupcakes and then get knocked out of playoff contention. Um, no, I, I I agree with you, Patrick. And you know, you it's funny you mentioned those you know Miami teams, the, that dynasty, the Nebraska dynasty. Patrick, I don't know if you've ever watched those teams, and I know it's a different time. There's a lot more technology and all that now. I don't look. Let's face it. The 2015 Alabama team in this dynasty is the worst team that we've put out on the field that's won a national championship. Um, but that just goes back to Saban, though. That goes back to Saban. But the thing is about that, Patrick. I think you take this team against any the best teams out of any of those dynasties. I I pick this team. I'm putting my money on this team. I mean, you look at what Saban does, Patrick. Les Miles won a national championship with LSU, but he didn't win it with Les Miles' players. He won it with Nick Saban's players. Nick Saban doesn't just build one, two-year, you know, big-shot programs. Patrick, the game against LSU every year is an absolute battle. It's my favorite game every year. Um, yep. And I think a lot of that has to do with Saban. He's taken – now he's taken two SEC programs that – were you know sort of you got to blow the dust off the book to go back and look at the last championship and all that and you know you got to revitalize the fan base and Saban has done that now LSU had actually been really good was Billy Cannon yeah yeah and that's the 50s Saban comes in and changes all of that now to the point where LSU has the top recruiting class in the nation this year Patrick I mean it's just I, I remember what it was like when Saban wasn't the coach at Alabama I remember the Dennis Franconi, the Mike Shula days. I, it was painful to watch them play football, Patrick. It sucked, man. We we used to get excited when we beat Arkansas. I I mean, it's just that's what people don't realize is like when kick six happens and all these things happen and like people are like, oh man, I can't believe that happened. I'm like, you guys realize we're winning ten games a season right now. This is unbelievable. I remember when we used to get we won ten games when Mike Shula was the coach. One year with Brody Croyle and uh, Tyrone Prothrow. I remember the the SI uh, there was a cover that said Bama is Bama back, is and then they back. lost a bunch of games. And we won ten games that season. I mean, that's a down year now. That is a down year in this dynasty, and I think that's what Saban's legacy is. He doesn't just build one or two, you know, one and done, couple championships here, and then we're done. He builds these dynasties that are here to stay. When Saban leaves, it's gonna suck. Because we're not going to have another coach like that, A. And B, eventually we're going to go back to what I like to call the dark ages, where we're you know lucky to win eight or nine games a season. I don't know that it'll get that bad because of the foundation that's been laid. We won't be winning four national championships in seven seasons when a new coach is there. I think we'll be similar to what LSU is now. I See, I when, don't. When Saban leaves. I don't, because I, I, I have a philosophy in college football. It's the waves of change. Something is going to happen, whether it's Saban leaving or getting, you know, not getting fired, but Saban leaving, or and then some other things, some recruiting violations. Something's going to happen, and Alabama's going to be in those dark ages again. 
Because look, if if you want to go off that logic, then Bear Bryant, then we should still have this huge powerhouse program. Because you look at in my head the best two college coaches of all time, Bear Bryant, Nick Saban. And I know I'm a homer, and people are going to be like, "Oh well," but I've got stats to back it up. If you want me to spit numbers at you for the next hour of next, no, episode, there are a lot of people that would put them one and two. I mean, it's not fair to other teams, but those well, that's the way it is. Then it sucks to suck. But what I'm saying is, by that logic, then we shouldn't have had a downtime from Bear Bryant, and we did, and it was bad. It was bad. So it's going to happen again, but I don't think it'll happen for a while after Saban leaves. It's going to happen again in our lifetime, Patrick. It's not going to happen oh, for a yeah. while. Oh, yeah. Eventually, teams end up. I mean, yeah. Nebraska is having those times right now. FSU went through those times Miami's having in the those early times 2000s. Right now. Miami's having those times. It will happen. Um, you know, there's a reason that, yeah, I mean, you always go up and down. You're not yeah. the Yankees. Yeah. This isn't set up for teams. I mean, yeah. So the Yankees I, I will never be horrible for legacy. 10 years. But anyway, um, let's move on. Uh, Patrick, just a little bit more of the recap from the year. What's your favorite moment from this year? We're only going to spend about five minutes on this, but what was your favorite moment this season? And we're not uh, – just a disclaimer, we're not including the national championship or the playoff or the SEC championship. Right, right. No this is champ- regular, regular season. Regular season. My favorite was – and there were a couple I wanted to choose from, so I'll tell you those just for the sake of us smiling a little bit more while we listen to this. Uh, one was against Tennessee when we got the strip sack fumble ah. recovery to win the game. Got him. Two was the silence in Jordan-Hare when we played Auburn. But the one that will stick with me, the one that when I think about our regular season that keeps coming back, is our defense shutting down Leonard Fournette. Yeah. The player that was transcendent, bigger than the sport for like a month. Runaway Heisman winner. Now he's such an afterthought in the college football landscape. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And he, he's going to be a force to, to be reckoned with next year. 31 yards on 19 carries. That's the – and I, to me, he's still the best athlete in college football. I think he's the best player in college football still. But we just erased him. We just took him out of the equation because he was so transcendent for two months that to see him come back down to earth was more than people could handle with him. Yeah. Uh, when he was rushing for 150 yards – uh, every single game and 200 yards in most of them. Yeah. And then kind of Derrick Henry took over that and refused to run for less than that. Yeah. That was the turning. That was that was the moment in the year. I mean, I know we killed Georgia. I know we uh, we did a lot of good things, but that was the moment where people started to think Alabama's going to do this again, aren't they? You yeah. got to be kidding me because we came into the first poll number four, and we talked about this. People were outraged outraged that we came into the first college LSU was two I thought we were I thought Danny everybody Cannell agreed that LSU gasket. was two yeah and every people were so mad everywhere ESPN Twitter Reddit everywhere people were upset then we went out did that to LSU and people were like all right I guess we were wrong that was the turning point what's your favorite moment you know I've kind of already gone into it a little bit but um I, I, I branded Jake Coger Mad Max after the Texas A&M game because he was insane. He was absolutely – it wasn't the fact that he was just good on the road. It was the fact that when he went on the road, he became this, like, nightmare. I mean, I, I have never seen a quarterback get so passionate and furious over nothing and go out. <laughs> so I call it the Jake Coker Mad Max Texas A&M takeover. Uh, there, were, there was one drive – on the, in that game, and I mean, it, the, the score was like thirty to ten or something ridiculous. I mean, we kicked the crap out of them. Y'all remember that game? But there were two plays back to back. One, Jake Coker gets hit twice behind the line of scrimmage, scrambles, and throws a thirteen-yard out route to Ardarius Stewart for a first down on like third and nine or something. The very next play, Jake Coker rolls out on what I think was a broken play. Uh, I think Derrick Henry or somebody ran to the wrong side of the field. He rolls out. There's a Texas A&M linebacker waiting on him at the sideline. And he doesn't just run out of bounds at the sideline. He lowers his shoulder and pummels this Texas A&M linebacker. Crushes him. I mean, just puts him on the turf and runs for another four yards. I, I, and it wasn't like a huge play. It wasn't like one of those that was on SportsCenter for a couple days. But I just loved seeing Jake Coker just level some guy that's like two times his body weight um it was it was 
unbelievable. It was it was really awesome to see uh, Jake Coker do that. That was probably my uh, my favorite moment this year. Um, and that's when I really started. I think that's when the team started believing in Jake Coker too. Uh, you know, the, it was sort of up and down up until you know, yeah, we got through the Georgia game and that was great and everything. And you know, he played pretty well during that game, but it was raining, so we gave the ball off a lot. And you know, there's a lot. Of, there's a couple pick sixes that game, so you know, can you really? And then we get to Texas A&M, and he, I, somebody lit a fire under him. I don't know if it was just kind of my theory about Eddie Jackson, where he just needed one big play, and then he was going to take over. Patrick, he became an entire new quarterback after that game. Um, one that led this team through the SEC championship. I would venture to say that he won the first playoff game for Alabama. I don't know how you can argue that anyone else played better than he did. Um, and then was clutch when he had to be in the national championship. So yeah, it changed it, turning point. Yeah. A lot of turning points this year. The man from mobile. For, so as we, yeah, the Elvis, the man from mobile, the Elvis, <laughs> Elvis impersonator, impersonator, Mad Max, Jake Coker. Thank you for your service to Alabama. So go ahead, Patrick. I was just gonna say, as we, uh, as we kind of, Sad to say, but as we wrap up, as we put a cap on the 2015-16 Alabama Crimson Tide, as we finish up talking about them, which we'll go back to them, but really we're about to put a cap on it. What sticks with you? What are your final thoughts on Alabama 2015-16 edition? I've said it already in this podcast, so I'm just going to go over it a little bit so you have some more time. I never thought I would see a team I enjoyed watching as much as I did the 2009 team. And this team, every Saturday they ran out on the field, didn't matter if I was having a great week or a crappy week. I was always looking forward to Saturday. It's been a real pleasure watching them. It has. It has. They, My f- they're a real beautiful, beautiful football team. And I, I am very, very thankful that I got to see a team like this play in my lifetime. But I thought this was supposed to be a rebuilding year, though. My favorite, uh, my favorite thought, my final thought, I guess, is the one that's sticking with me right now as I sit here. It's just good to be an Alabama fan right now. It, it's just yeah. good. And I started off the podcast with a little joke. It's been a long two years. I've been like, like I said, I've been annoying people at work because I go, yeah, man, it's really good to see something nice happened in Alabama because the folks in Tuscaloosa could really use it. I mean, it's, it's been a rough go yeah. and they roll their eyes, but it's just, it's just good. And we might not win the next year. We might not, we might not win another national championship under Saban, but we will always be fielding an amazing team. Yeah. And we are going to always be watching the best of the best, the cream of the crop. And we will continue to be that as long as Nick Saban is there. I mean, you think about it, we've got Cyrus Jones leaving next year and we're just going to replace them with uh, the the younger guys, Marlon Humphrey and and uh, Fitzpatrick and Tony Brown are going to step up, and then we'll just fill in that spot with Sheffield, the five star that's coming in this year. Yeah, and it's just going to keep happening. Yeah, we're even having what's considered a down recruiting year, and we're like third. Yeah, it's just good to be an Alabama fan. It's great. And so yeah, enjoy it while it lasts. We've had four great years, seven, well, really eight great years. And four of them have resulted in national championships. Enjoy it while you can. It's good to be a Bama fan. That is it for 2015-16. Now we got to start looking into the beyond. Let's look ahead, Patrick. Let's go ahead and look ahead. <laughs> it's sad to look ahead. Who goes and who stays? We know that Derrick Henry and A'shaun Robinson are leaving. Those were obvious. Big news today, though, out of this camp, Patrick. Someone, and I, I, I say big news, a big person. Uh, not oh, only in his role in the team, but in his body mass index has announced that he is staying at the university of Alabama. Patrick, his name is Jonathan Allen. I beat you to it. So proud of you. Thanks. I, but no, I mean, you, you told me that news today and I almost drove my car off the road on the way to work. I was so excited. Kuiper had him going 19 in the draft. Yeah. 19 overall. Yeah. That was a first rounder that, that is coming back to Alabama. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not fair. As far as OJ Howard and guys like that are concerned, we haven't really heard much out of those camps. We have heard Eddie Jackson and Ryan Anderson both staying and at Tim Alabama. Williams. And Tim Williams are all staying in Alabama. Um, which is huge news. Huge news, Patrick. Those are three guys that, you know, were huge impact players this season. Eddie Jackson especially. 
Eddie Jackson had arguably the biggest play of the national championship on the defensive side of the ball. Um, just, you know, I, if I, that's going to help transition the defense. If I'm someone sure, else, we're, we're going to be breaking in some new safeties if he wasn't staying. Yeah, I, I mean, if if I'm if I'm in the SEC next year, I'm looking at this team, looking at these guys that are have announced that they're staying, and I'm going, oh crap, this is going to be a long year. This is going to be a long year if you're in the SEC West. Now that is if everyone stays healthy. That is all depending on how Jeremy Pruitt comes in and takes over the defense. But yeah. Patrick, look at these names. I mean, these are some talented guys. Eddie Jackson, I thought was going to go have a terrific uh, combine and go make an NFL team pretty happy for a couple of years. Now he's decided to stay. I'm excited to see what he can do. I, I really hope he picks up where he left off this season. He'll be a leader back there. Yeah, I think the maturity will really help on the defense side of the ball. Because th this year he was a, a guy in a new position. Now, let, at least especially let me in the ask beginning. You He'll be a leader next year. Do you think he will be the captain of the defense like Reggie Ragland was this season, or do you think that will go to someone like Ryan Anderson or Reuben Foster? Oh, it is, I don't know why I've never seen Reuben Foster as a guy in my eyes that's going to take the captain position. I could see Eddie Jackson winning captain. I could see Jonathan Allen winning captain. Yep. I don't know who the vocal leaders are on the defense because well, I'm not in the locker room. Well, it's tough for a defensive lineman to really win that captain spot because you really need yeah, someone because their their face is in the ground. Right. You really need someone who's able to look up and look around and look at the sideline. Now there were a couple times that they tried to do that with Eddie Jackson this season. I remember the third and long that LSU had deep in uh, their own territory where Eddie Jackson was looking over the sideline, getting the play from Kirby Smart, and LSU hiked it and threw it over him. Um, now, I'm not saying that that's a knock against Eddie Jackson. There were multiple times during the season when he was depended upon in that role and succeeded, but that's one that's sticking out in my mind. Um, I'm, I'm, just, I'm excited to see who else announces that they're staying and going. I would predict that O.J. Howard is going to leave. Uh, I think if he stays at Alabama... He would. I saw... I heard... Maybe I heard or saw or saw on Twitter... I think he was leaning towards staying. Let's let's look. Let me look real quick. But I don't know why he would do that. Simply because he's ranked so highly right now. I think he's in really really good shape. Uh, there's no doubt that if he stays at Alabama, he's going to take a couple more hits. You know. Um, he, I think he thinks he can vault himself to first round discussion if he stays. Because if he he's if not he going healthy, he's not going above Hunter Henry from Arkansas. If he stays healthy, tight end. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I I'm mean, trying to think of other players that are leaving that aren't just underclassmen. Uh, obviously Jay Coker will graduate. I want to say Richard Mullaney will be gone. Um, who are some more guys that are just leaving? Cyrus Jones is graduating. Yeah, my my favorite. Um, Reggie Ragland will be graduating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Derrick Henry's obviously leaving. We've already obviously Derrick Henry. Yeah, yeah. Um, those are really the main. Yeah. Contributors that are that are graduating, and then the guys that are leaving, Henry and Robinson, uh, will be gone. So that's about it for guys that are leaving. Now, obviously, we'll plug in those holes pretty well. We have guys that will do it, but it was worth dis discussing. All I'm saying um, is that O.J. Howard is still undecided. Okay. Well, we'll come back with news with that maybe next week or so. We, maybe next we, two weeks. We will know something by next week. Um, also, be looking on Twitter because we do a lot of that stuff on Twitter and Facebook, these little announcements here and there. Patrick, our schedules have been a little nuts lately, so we haven't been able to, you know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm yeah. on Hawaii time because of the Sony Open. Uh, you have been, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this, you've been given sort of some more responsibilities at work. We'll leave it at that. So you've been a little MIA. Yeah, maybe more on that in a couple we're, weeks. We're going to get in a rhythm uh, here in a bit, um, just with Facebook and Twitter and all that, and kind of announcing things like that. But Patrick, do you, do you know what time it is? Uh, I've got 12.39 a.m. 12.39, which usually means that it should be pretty cold. But I'm not cold, Patrick. I'm I'm, I'm sweating a little bit. Do you know why I'm sweating? No deodorant? It's time for some hot takes. <laughs> They're hot, Patrick. They're hot. Hot takes tonight are all about what Pat's interference is going to become. Patrick, what are we going to do? <laughs> Alabama football is done. We've got we've Yeah, got we can't talk about it every week during the offseason. There's not always going to be news. We've got months. What are we going to do? So, here we go, people. You're going to It's get a good a, thing we like a lot of sports. You're going to get a quick and dirty on what Patrick and I are planning for Pat's Interference season 2. Again, we're going to take a week hiatus, circle the wagons. But here's what we're thinking for a rough idea. 
we're obviously going to stick with sports. Uh, now, there's going to be some special episodes. We've already talked about Patrick doing a Harry Potter episode. Because we both love it so much. Love it. And I live right next to Harry Potter World and have free passes. So uh, anyone who knows me that wants to come to Orlando, you have a place Wait, to Wait, you have free passes? And you can come to Universal with me for a discounted price. Wait, you have free passes? I have free pass for Patrick Norwood Incorporated, which is me. Uh, so, yeah. Anyone who wants to come to Harry Potter World, just hit me up. Let's go. But anyway. Let's get a butterbeer. Anyway. So we want to do a Harry Potter episode. We want to do a Star Wars episode because the movie was amazing. I can't wait to talk about it. Other than that, I really want to focus on sort of our different expertises in sports. You were very, very heavy into the NBA. I love the NHL. We both are fond of baseball, although this season with my Braves suffering a little bit. We'll see how that goes. Oh, please. I am working at the Golf Channel. Love talking about golf. Patrick, offseason for college football? Is prime season for golf, especially this year. This will be the busiest year in golf since 1904, Patrick. We have the Masters. We have all the major championships. Let's just say that because it's a hot take. i got to be fast. we got all the majors. We've got the Ryder Cup and the Olympics. Golf is going to be back in the Olympics for the first time since the early 20th century. Guys like Jordan Spieth and Patrick Reed are going to go up against guys like Ian Poulter. And that's even before the Ryder Cup. You're going to get a Ryder Cup preview at the Olympics. It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be great. I can't wait. So we're going to sort of mix and match our knowledge of sports. We're going to have some great discussion. But what I want to say about this is, people, if you have ideas, if you want to have things that we want to talk about, we're willing to read up on any topic and debate it and talk about it, as long as it relates to sports. You want to talk about Jailai? We'll talk about Jailai. You want to talk about the Kentucky Derby? We'll talk about the Kentucky Derby. Patrick and I are all over it. We love sports. We love this podcast, and we want it to be what you, the fans, want it to be. So please let us know what you think it should be. And until we hear from you, we're just going to do us, man. We're going to do us. So, Patrick, let's sort of leave it there. Your hot takes. Okay, give me your hot take. What do you want from this podcast? Let's do that. I want it to just uh, – I want it to be equal parts entertaining as it is equal parts sports knowledge. I want to move into uh, just being personalities, not just – Guys that uh, regurgitate Alabama thoughts and opinions to you—that's for—that's for the Alabama season. But we haven't. This is new ground for us. This is yeah. ground that we haven't crossed. Our first podcast was the week before the Wisconsin game, even though we'd been planning it for months before that. Years. But now that we're off the yeah years actually. But now that we're off the ground and we're moving into well, what's next? I want you guys to see a different side of us. Not like a different side. I think I think we have good banter, but just. You know? Yeah. No, I agree. With guys you. that love to talk sport, guys that just have have time on their hands and, and use that time instead of doing other things, doing this. This is what we choose to do our time with. Yep. Beautifully so, said. Patrick, season one is almost over. We've got about two minutes left in this episode. Uh, today is January seventeenth. Sorry, it's been a little bit late. Like I've said, our schedules have been a little bit crazy. It's time for one last sound off in season one and I've got something written down I'm gonna change it because uh, well for me it's January 17th for you well no it is for you too uh, it's the 17th it, now. it's pretty late yeah but you know yesterday when we were planning this it was the 16th and all that uh, Deontay Wilder the heavyweight champion of the world from Tuscaloosa Alabama won by knockout tonight in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center uh, in the ninth round with one of the most powerful punches I've seen him throw um, I can't wait to see where his career takes off from this. I followed him uh, since he won, or since he won, yeah, bronze in the Olympics in Beijing in 2008. Uh, he's, I think, he's one of Tuscaloosa's most interesting people. If you get a chance to just watch highlights of him, I suggest it. He's never lost a professional fight. He's had, I think, 35 fights and 36 knockouts, or excuse me, 36 fights and 35 knockouts now. Um, and his one fight that wasn't a knockout was when he won the title belt and he won it by decision so i really really am fascinated with where boxing is heading if americans can get behind deontay wilder looking to go up against a couple people and then might have a big fight against tyson fury they were drawn back and forth ringside tonight so we'll see how that goes patrick what is your last sound off for season one? Oh. 
Okay, I'll save another one for another day because the one that's in my head is kind of depressing. Okay. No, it's a good thing to say anyway. And it's not depressing. It's just kind of a... Go for it. Okay. Uh, I've worked the morning show at the TV station. And I've gone into how I don't like Facebook. I think that was my one of my first ever sound-offs, or maybe you did it as well. One of us did I, how we don't like Facebook. Yep. Uh, the last couple of weeks, we had somebody cut from uh, one of our anchors. One of our morning anchors was was not renewed. His contract wasn't renewed. One of my best friends at the station, by the way. Bummer. Uh, but I can't help that. That's a business decision. Sure. And he no longer works there. That's television. That's television. I hate it. Um, but you know, it's the way it is. If you want, if you don't want to work at a place where people are going to be constantly leaving, people important in your life are going to be constantly leaving. Don't work television. Yep. Anyway, from that has stemmed. A, a, a lashing out of sorts on Facebook to our station, which is fine. You're, you're allowed to be upset that, that a member of the staff is leaving, especially one that you watch every day and you let into your home. Um, but we've had a lot of people attacking us at the state, And I'm not complaining. I don't want this to be taken as complaining. And I'm trying to be careful here. I don't want to be complaining. I don't want to be like, you viewers stink. Um, because actually, I'm not really the worst person that's gotten it. One person particularly at our station has gotten a, a lot of negative feedback, and not in a constructive way. Which, I guess my lesson going into this isn't just news, but it's just be careful the way... It's so easy to say something behind a, t a computer screen. Um, you know, it's it's like even athletes. Think about athletes. Yeah. A dude throws an interception, and it's easy to just go on there and say... So and so, Jay Cutler is awful. Oh my goodness, what is it? he gets paid? You know, just and be mean. Just be mean about people, to people, things they do, things about them, things that they can't help doing, things they can't help about themselves. And we've got one person at the station that's really not taking it well. And so um, there's no there's no need for that. There's no need to be mean on the internet about people. That's a good point. One of the platforms that I've always really wanted to get involved with, and I don't know how, is bullying. And I don't like bullying. And I think adults bully adults worse than kids bully kids. So I just I don't know. There's no place for that. That's that's my sound off of sorts. You sound it um, off. <laughs> you know? Tee up that sucker and let it fly, man. You've done it. Yeah, I, I hate to get that serious at the end of a, such a happy podcast. Um, but you know no. what? That's what's on my heart today. If it's on your heart, you speak it, man. That's what's, on, that's what's going on in my life outside of this podcast. And so, yeah, if, if, you, if you have something – constructive criticism can always be handled in news. If you can't handle constructive criticism – don't be in news. Yep. But I don't think people should have to be expected to handle terrible criticism. Not even criticisms, but just insults. Just people being That's mean. not, yeah. you know, that's not, that's not, there's no place for that. Yep. No cyberbullying, no bullying, no, just stop with the mean, just stop. Just be a person to, that's nice to another person. Just be a good person. That's going to be, yes. that's going to be the mantra going out of season one. Be a good person. Have be a good, a good heart, person. Be kind. That's it. Patrick, season one is over. This has been an absolute I, – I, I have to thank you uh, for being such an amazing friend, a great co-host, and a wonderful person. You're an amazing husband. You're great at your job, and I really, really appreciate doing this weekly with you. But I'm just one half a team, Patrick. You're the other half. Well, so same back at you, buddy. Well, you know, it's it is the give and go that will never die, Patrick. We are, we are the next uh, Carl uh, – yeah, Carl Malone. Who was it? Stockton and Malone. We're the next Stockton and Malone. We'll dis no. we'll discuss which is which later. All right, but we're not Carl and Malone. Well, I'll, no, 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 no. Okay, I've, I've got to sound off for another day now. Okay. Thank you for that. Okay, you're welcome. You're welcome. But anyway, we're the next David Robinson, Tim Duncan. Shh, what? You really think I'm Patrick? I'm five seven, one thirty. Do you think I'm big enough to be either David Robinson or Tim Duncan? I was giving your myself John Stockton for the size. Your heart is. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. What a fitting way. Let's to go play it. some Battlefront. Let's let's do it. Let's get off this, man. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Like I said, we're going to take a week off. We're going to circle the wagons. We're going to come back fresh with some new episodes. Season 2 will be coming at you in two weeks. Everyone, roll tide. Alabama gets number 16. We love doing this. Thank you so, so much for listening. Absolutely. We could Thank not have done this without you. You can find us on Facebook at Pat's Interference. That's P-A-T-S Interference. You can find us on Twitter at P-I underscore podcast. You can go to our website at patsinterference.com or find our episodes on iTunes. Uh, if you want to be a blogger, email us. Just let us know. Everyone go check out that blog post that I wrote on the uh, 2015 season. 
that's it for us. Roll Tide, everybody. Roll Tide. Have a great couple of weeks.